You don't you don't care scooper. if you catch my AIDS? No. Because I know you have all the AIDS. Yeah, I have multiple AIDS. Yes. Actually. All of them. Okay. I'm good. Are we done? Are we ready to get this thing on the road? I mean, if by thing you mean shit show and on by road you mean the bathroom. I don't you know. You know what? From now on, that's what I want to do. I want to record this podcast from the bathroom. <laughs> well, we have an opening. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Let's do this shit. Hello, and welcome to Watts Podcast, episode five. Wow, five Holy episodes already? fuck. We're we're halfway to ten whole episodes. We're no longer juveniles in the podcasting arena. We have five episodes now. Okay, so yes, you were late. Yes, I was. Why the fuck were you late? What are you about to inflict on me? I brought some more shit for us to try. So tell us what this is. Right now, I have ice cream in front of us. Yes, yes, you do. Not just any ice cream. It is purple, I'll point out. Purple, because it's taro ice cream. Which, I don't know what that is. It, neither do I. It's made with real taro, though. Yep. Uh, oh, it says on the back here, what is taro? Uh, taro ice cream is made with real taro... Okay, that doesn't say <laughs> shit! God damn it! I thought it had... Because it, it looked like it had a definition back here. Well, we're, well, I'm we're not going to look this up. Yes. Um, Apparently, it's made in Pittsburgh, California. Though. It does. It does look like some kind of a root, though. Like it, yes. it looks almost like a purple potato. That might be what it is. <laughs> Just a purple potato. Yes. Ooh. It was eight dollars, and for eight dollars, I better be getting a hand job from it. It smells bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like it. It do, It smells like, yeah, like starchy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't even know how to describe this flavor. I mean, it is sweet, yeah. but... It's very sweet. It does taste like you poured sugar over a potato, almost. But yeah. but it's got kind of like a flowery, sort of um, yes. scinty aftertaste. I don't know. It's really hard to explain. And it is purple, by the way, that the packaging did not lie. Yes, yes, it is. It's not bad, though. Yeah. I could eat, like... A little bit of it, you know yeah, what I mean. Like I think it would, I think it would wear out its welcome pretty quickly. But it's not bad for just a bite or two. Yeah, that, that's actually pretty good. I made a good purchase then. <laughs> okay, that can go back in the freezer now. Yes. So we are here today to talk about stuff because there's not much actually happening. No, I've got some. I've got some stuff so, to to talk about. Yeah. Um, or at least I couldn't find much. One of one of my topics is a follow up to a previous topic. Mm. So, yeah, that'll be fun. But Delicious. we are going to start with what we've been watching. All right. What I watched, the sole thing I watched was the Junji Ito collection. Okay, yes. Which, Explain what this is. This is an anime based on the writings of horror writer Junji Ito. Mm-hmm. He writes a horror manga that uh, is actually pretty good. There's some, some really weird, surreal shit. Yeah, really out there stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else. Yeah. Which is why he's interesting. Very. There are three episodes 
that are out. I have notes, and I'm trying to find the right <laughs> yeah, ones. You've got like a massive pile of notes. I the only reason is because the fucking notepads I have have a design on them that I can't write over, which is fucking dumb for a notepad. It right. has a German Shepherd puppy on it. Yes, yes, it does. Here's the right one to start <laughs> with. So, the Junji Ito collection was adapted from two different sources by Junji Ito. From his 11-volume uh, collection, which was the Junji Ito Masterpiece Collection, which is a collection of like his shorter stories, mm-hmm. a bunch of shorter stories, and from the collection Horror Fragments. From that, the episodes are formatted in sort of, it's sort of like an omnibus format, where it's, you know, short stories that aren't really related to each other, mm-hmm. unlike a anthology. Right. And it's formatted with one longer story as the main story and then a shorter bonus story <clears throat> and so the longer story will go first and then the shorter, the shorter stories ones will follow it is on the end yes yeah. and it's going to run for 12 episodes plus two ovas which ovas are like yeah, longer there's there's it's in anime there's fucking yes. always ovas yes yeah and those ovas i found interesting aren't going to air on television from what i could see yeah, that they're doesn't surprise going, me. Yeah, they're going to come with the DVDs. Yeah, that's sort of usually how it plays out with yeah. OVAs. And so the the OVAs adapt the part one and part two of the Tomy stories, which they made five movies of re- <laughs> uh, beforehand, long while ago, back in like. Wait, are the, those the live action ones? Yes. Yeah, the ones that, that sucked. looked awful. Yes. They sucked. Yeah, I have not seen any of these. I am familiar with the writer, though. Yes. He has a few stories that I like, um, yes. but I, I uh, also think he gets a little bit too wrapped up in his own weirdness a lot of the time. Yes, and that, that is definitely one of the uh, the first one. The first episode is kind of bad. <laughs> okay. Like, really, it starts on the second episode, because the first episode follows the story of Soichi's convenient curses. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is is the character Soichi, who's a mentally disturbed young man, is going around putting curses on his classmates, like uh, making them be tortured in the bathroom by a giant spider or you know, giant, so ant creature, <laughs> giant ant creature in the forest. Oh my god, in the how forest. do you know my fetish? <laughs> and making one of his class... Oh, like you were just processing... <laughs> and making one of his classmates go decide to hibernate in the forest until spring. Mm-hmm. I mean, the adaptations are, you know, if you take the manga, they pretty much follow the panels and how mm. how the episode flows. It's pretty much an exact adaptation of it. And it just felt kind of boring, mm. honestly. Like, it was boring and it was just sort of awkward. The second episode is where it gets much better. I don't remember the names of the the issues it covers. Uh-huh. One of them I found interesting because it was about an amateur film group in school, in like their high school. Okay. They apparently win some uh, some prize for a festival, and they do an open casting for their next project, and they end up with this really creepy lady who turns out to have like fangs and shit, and then eats their other actress, and then tries to kill them. That just sounds it's fucking like, weird. That just sounds like an anime, though, right? <laughs> like it sounds like a shitty harem anime that takes place in like a monster high school. Uh, the second part of that was it covers the long dreams 
uh, story. I remember that one. <laughs> Looking at the cards now, I have that one written okay. down. Has has there been an uh, episode that covers the blah 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 of blah 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 faults? Whatever oh, the, that's called, uh, the Enigma at Amagara fault. Yeah, no, not yet. And they have not announced which uh, ones will be will be adapted. They from that. have to so, do that one though, right? Like, I mean, that's one of the more popular ones. Yeah, that's that's how I knew his work. So, so real quick, that story I find really interesting. Yeah, which is basically like um, a fault opens up uh, just out of Japan, right? And it's got all of these people shaped holes in it, and people find themselves drawn to these holes, yep. and once they find their hole like everybody has a they, hole yes. that it, that belongs to them and yeah. once they find it they strip down and enter the hole they, yeah <laughs> that's literally <laughs> what it is it is they they take all their clothes off and they just sort of relinquish themselves yep. to to the hole and they get like sucked into it and nobody knows where these people are going until months later until months later and it's discovered you should totally go read that story, yes. and I won't spoil it for you because it no. is kind of fucked up and interesting. Yes, it's the Enigma at Amagara Fault. If you look it up on Google, you'll somebody find it po- for free. Yes, yeah. somebody posted the entire story on uh, Imgur. Well, there's also so. tons of um, people that will just read you the story on on YouTube. Uh, YouTube. I don't yeah. know why I almost just said eBay. <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> They'll yes. read you the story on eBay. Hey, I mean, if, if, <laughs> if people will pay for that, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> Um, and then there's the other one, the the spiral one, the spiral one. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Well, it's I know that's a that's about, a series but... of stories. It's not just one. Yeah. So I don't know if they'll end up doing it in in this anime. But... I don't think so. Then, but that series of stories having to do with the spiral, I do not remember what it's called, but it should be easy enough to look up. Yeah. I also find really interesting, but it's also the best example of him getting too wrapped up in his own weirdness. Is it the chair one? No. The, where the dude turns himself into a chair. Yeah, but that's a different okay, one. Okay, There um, are plenty examples There, there are a lot that. of weird shit, but no, th- there's the one where people become obsessed with spirals and start mm. trying to like contort themselves into spirals right. and shit. Yeah, right. I the, remember that story. The first one or two are decent, and then they just yeah. start getting weird for the sake of weird, which makes them way yeah. less interesting. I'm not sure you may be talking about Uzumaki. I'm not sure. That sounds right. Anyways, so, what uh, what other uh, episodes are there in this anime? Uh, the third episode, because uh, long dreams isn't all it is. Is somebody's having you know dreams that are exponentially increasing in length, and he starts like evolving into this weird alien like creature. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, there's somebody who has a terminal illness, and the guy who's having the long dreams has imagined that she was his his wife, and then he dies. Okay. And he turns into dust, and the doctor finds that there's, like, these unknown crystals inside of his brain. And then he starts injecting the lady who's afraid of dying with them, and she starts having long dreams like that. And then the doctor decides, we could cure humanity of <laughs> of <laughs> of fearing death. Of course. You know, it makes perfect sense when you think about it. That sounds about on par with his writing. Yeah. Like I should be clear, I do like his writing. Yes, <laughs> but you can't, there's no defense for some of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For the third episode, uh, it's the uh, Crossroads Pretty Boy story. So I guess fortune telling in the fog at dusk is like a thing or something. Okay. There's like a dude that called the Crossroads Pretty Boy who walks around. Dude's got fucking lipstick and one earring. So you know where that's going. 
<laughs> and he just walks around and you know all of the girls at the high school are asking will my love be realized or whatever mm-hmm. and he just keeps telling them no and then they'll commit suicide of course and so oh <laughs> i just what? remembered another one of my favorite ones what? that i like where they're being attacked by giant balloon heads. Right. I love that right, one. That right. was hilarious. They have to do that yes. one, right? They fucking have to. Yes. There's no way. Like, they have to do the whatever faults one. Yeah. Uh, and they have to do the <laughs> giant balloon head murderous people one. Yeah. Because those two are great. Yeah. Fucking amazing. But third one was sort of, I want to say, on par. You know, as, I, as I'm talking about the Crossroads Pretty Boy, it was sort of on that weird, like, okay this happened sort of thing Mm -hmm. okay so it goes from the crossroads pretty boy to the main character who moved away when he was a kid and is now moved back he was running through the fog as a kid like this is done in a flashback he was running through the fog as a kid and met some lady who was looking to get her fortune read okay and he said no you know that her love wouldn't be realized and she killed herself and then it turns out that he finds out that it was his girlfriend's aunt or something, and it just devolves from there into this weird love triangle with one of with an, one of his girlfriend's friends stalking him, and then she kills herself, and then he decides to go around doing the opposite of what the Crossroads Pretty Boy does and telling everybody that their fortunes will come true. His girlfriend tries to get her fortune read. And then he shows up just in time after seeing all the people that committed suicide because of this. He shows up just in time to keep her from getting her fortune read. <laughs> Makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, I, I wrote this down here and I'm having trouble <laughs> making sense of it. I don't know why, but these three episodes, some of the stories, like the second episode, the stories I don't really find any fault with. Mm-hmm. You know, they're... They're fine. They're creepy. You know, they're weird. But the first and the third episode have had some, the stories that they've adapted have just been like, why did you adapt that? You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. We've already mentioned three others that (laughs) could have taken the place of that one. I mean. The last, the shorter story in that third episode is the slug girl story. Okay. Where a girl is sick and can't, is having trouble speaking. And then it turns out her tongue has turned into a banana slug. <laughs> and to solve of course. Yes. And to solve this problem, her parents decide to submerge her in a bathtub full of salt. And when they <laughs> go to take her out of it, it, they just find her head and her body's like shrunk completely. <laughs> and the, and the the slug didn't die and is now using the head for a shell. Of course. And, and apparently if you get too close if you get close to the shell, the the you know the shell, the head of the girl. Yeah. Her the eyes will open and give you a sad look. <laughs> it's like I I mean, it's short enough where it's like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> but when you think about it, it's like, of course, Japan. You know? Yeah. This guy really does sort of, he's the best example to point to of what Japan finds scary, Yeah, in air quotes, because what Japan seems to find scary isn't scary things, it's weird things. Yes. Where it's like, where we would look at that and go, that's just odd, Yeah, Japan would call it horror. Yes. You know, yeah, it's 
it's a cultural thing that I do not understand. Yeah. But anyways, that's the really the only thing I watched. Okay, is this only in Japanese or is there yes. an English dub? Uh, there will be an English dub. It's only in Japanese. It's done by uh, by Studio Dean, who did Fate Stay Night, Vampire Night, and Hetalia Axis Powers. All right. But the dub will be done by Funimation. Okay, so there's, it'll it'll at least yeah. be a halfway decent dub then. Yes. I don't think there's a release date for the dub yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've announced that. But I did find the releasing sort of interesting for the DVDs. It's being released on three DVDs. That's the Japanese, though. That's yeah. how they always do their shit. Do you have any fucking idea how many DVDs the, like, Dragon Ball franchise is on? Yeah. You have to take up an entire wall worth of DVDs if you want the whole collection of Dragon Ball stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that I do. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, you know, we're not getting into yeah. Dragon Ball. I'm just saying. Yeah, the OVAs, it'll be one on the second disc and one on the third disc. Okay. So I found that weird. The DVDs, they come out. The first one is March 30th of this year. Then the second one is April 27th. And then the third one's May 25th. And of course, this is this is for the Japanese release. Yes. Not the dub. The dub has... No there's release no, date. Yeah. no release date. I don't even know if they've begun working on the dub because there isn't too much information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a very fascinating release. Okay. Like, I mean, it's typical Japan, but... I don't. I don't know for twelve episodes. Okay, like, it yeah, just seems for ridiculous. for twelve episodes, that is a little bit weird. But I mean, if you look at any of the animes that have like upwards of like fifty-ish episodes, they'll just yeah. release it in like twenty different volumes. And the animation's nice. It's very. It, they. It looks like the manga. Like they definitely drew it to look like a moving manga. Okay. Rather than you know typical anime. Does it look like it has a budget behind it? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Is that is that all you got? Yeah, that's all I watched. Uh, the rest of my notes are for other stuff. So, Devin, what have you watched recently? Yeah, so I, I've watched a few things. Um, one I actually watched a while ago, and I just forgot to talk about it, so we're going to talk about that today. All right. And then I watched two things. Well, one thing that I've seen multiple times, and another thing that, whoo boy, <laughs> that one's going to be fun when we get to it. But we will start with uh, Midnight Express. All right. Have you ever seen Midnight Express? I have not. You mean the remake here? The new one? No. The original 70s Midnight original? Express. I don't remember it. Okay. Well, so. we're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, no, I was thinking on Orient Express. No. <laughs> no, Midnight, Midnight Express. Midnight Express. No, I've not seen that one then. Okay. Uh was made in the late 70s. Uh, it is a true story, something that happened in the early 70s. So, it, you know, oh movie boy. got made quick, man. <laughs> but I mean, um, they made movies quick in that day. Yeah, yeah, that's not even a joke. So it is a true story about a guy who uh, was smuggling drugs, I think, hmm. out of Turkey, uh, and they caught him and sent him to Turkish prison. Oh, right. Okay? I've heard of the actual story. I don't... I haven't seen the movie or heard of the movie, so. Okay. Well, the movie was fairly famous mm. um, because it caused a controversy in that even the guy the movie is about says that the movie drastically mischaracterizes um, <laughs> Turkey and its people. So I mean, in the 70s, I wouldn't be surprised. And as written by Oliver Stone, I yeah. really wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, this was Oliver Stone's first major film uh, he wrote it. He did not direct it. Um, it was directed by a director who I, I don't know anything else that he did. 
The movie itself, if you don't look at it as a true story, is okay. It's decent. It's watchable. You know, it's interesting enough. It it keeps you, you know, it, it pulls you through it pretty well. Yes. Um, but it is very slow. But if you look at it as a true story, it's basically just one big exaggeration. <laughs> and that's pretty much all it is. If if you if you try if you try to watch it as a true story, watch it and then imagine all of that except way less interesting. <laughs> and huh, and yeah. you've got the true story. Sounds about right. Um and uh yeah, I I don't really have too much to say about it in all honesty. Yeah. I I kind of mostly just found it interesting cuz it was written by Oliver Stone. It was not the first movie that he wrote, but it was the first movie that had like a release that he wrote. Other than that, yeah, it's it's nice to have seen once. It's a good Blu-ray transfer. I might watch it again, but no time soon. <laughs> it does, however, have a rather lovely digi book that you can pick up for Ooh. only $10, which is why I ended up with it. Nice. So, um, moving on from that. What I watched next was James Cameron's Avatar, a movie that I have seen mm. multiple times. And I wanted to bring up this time because I was watching it and I was I was studying it. Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, uh, you know, thinking about why is this like I. OK, to be clear, mm. I like the movie. Yeah. Right. I'm not one of those people that is just all shitty about it. Like, fucking Avatar is just fucking dances with wolves in space. <laughs> yes, it's dances with wolves in space. Who gives a shit? Dances with wolves in space with blue Native Americans. Yeah. Um. <laughs> who cares? Fine. Whatever. What What counts is how you tell the story. Yes. Right? So I I like the movie. I bust it out once every couple of years and and give it a watch. Yeah. And I was watching it this time, and I was in my head. I was comparing it to Dances with Wolves. Yeah. And I was thinking about why Dances with Wolves is a better movie. Two things struck me. If you watch Dances with Wolves, the relationship between John Dunbar and the native group is a two-way relationship. He's interested in them. They are interested in him. There yeah. are plenty of scenes that go back and forth where he's he's showing them, oh, you know, my coffee grinder, you know, and then they show him fucking buffalo skin or whatever yeah. and there's a back and forth there's an interest going both ways between the two uh groups yeah in avatar it's one way he as in uh fuck what's his name the uh, sam worthington's character jake jake sully right ah, yes he is interested and falls in love with their fucking the princess of uh well the tribe well he he falls in love <laughs> with their way of life right oh. They and don't the princess give a f- of the tribe. Yes. They don't give a fuck about him, though. Yeah. Right? They don't give a shit about human culture or anything that we have to offer. Yeah. So it's a one-way conversation. Yeah. It's, I, it's I, just Jake being like, you guys are great. Humanity sucks. I'm going to live with you. Yeah. I think they even said that they didn't want humanity's help. Yeah, they do. They, they don't want anything to do with humanity, which... Yeah could be interesting but they do nothing with it in the story yeah it, it ultimately comes off as humans suck and people who live in the trees are great <laughs> yeah and yes that's a it's a very simplistic read of the movie but ultimately that's that's how it comes off and the other thing is characterization right if you mm-hmm. look at dances with wolves 
every character is characterized, right? They're 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 depthful. They have multiple sides. Like, you know, in in both movies you have the stern one that just wants to fight. But in Dances with Wolves, that character is also kind of goofy. Like, you know, you you see him in the tribe and he's like fucking around and and playing around. Yeah. You know, by by the end of the movie, uh he's built a, a real relationship with John and and he's really sad to see him leave at the end, right? Yeah. In Dances with or in in Avatar, this character is just sort of an asshole, and that's it. It doesn't change through the movie. By the end of the movie, he respects Jake Sully because he found a big bird. That's about it, right? There's no relationship built between the two. Jake found a big bird, and now everybody's like, oh, even though you betrayed us, welcome back. Yep. Including the main love interest, uh, whatever her name is. Natiri. Natiri. She was like, get the fuck out of here, Jake. Oh, you found a big bird? <laughs> Hi. And yeah, like I said, I, I do like the movie. Right? Yeah. But I I don't understand the people who think it's a fucking masterpiece. James Cameron pushed technology in it. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll give sure. you that. It, it's a technical masterpiece. But yes, whenever and it still looks pretty good. It does. But whenever people call it a masterpiece, that's not what they mean. No. You know, they... I don't understand people who get so unquestionably sucked into the story. You know what I mean? Because all of the characters in James Cameron fashion are pretty surface level. There's really no depth to them. It's a a very surface level romance. You know, the whole thing only goes one way. There's no back and forth, like I said. Um, So I, I didn't really have much more to say on it than that. It's just I was watching it again and just going, God damn it, Dances with Wolves is a better movie. Yeah. Uh, and so is uh, Lawrence of Arabia, by mm, the way. Yes. Um, okay. So, with that out of the way, the one that I really wanted to talk about this week, The Snowman. Mm. Now, you said you have not seen this movie. No, I have not. But you were interested. I was interested for the fact that it had Michael Fassbender and... It doesn't just have Michael Fassbender. It has Michael Fassbender, J.K. Simmons... That was it. Val yeah. Kilmer... Val Kilmer... And Toby Jones... Yes. Lots of Holy shit. really, really uh, actors who I, you know, I like. Uh, Michael Fassbender, and, at least for me, is the least of them. Like, mm, Michael yeah. Fassbender has done a lot of duds, let's be honest. The Assassin's Creed movie. <laughs> he did this directly after the Assassin's Creed movie. Literally, he <laughs> stepped onto the set of this four days after he rapped on Assassin's Creed. Yeah. But it... For the fact it had all those actors, and it was supposed to be in a slasher in the snow or something like it's, that. It's I can't not remember. A, it's not a slasher. It's supposed to be sort That's of. That's how it was marketed. No, it wasn't. It was marketed like, like um, Seven or Bone Collector. Mm. You know, one of those yeah. sort of or Seven in the Snow. Yeah, exactly. I rented this movie to watch with Francisco. Yeah, I had been interested in it. Kind of. He thought it just looked hilarious and stupid. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get that from the trailer. I thought he was being hard on it. But as we found out as we watched it, it has a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes critical score. Ouch. 7% and it, only a 20% audience score. E. Yeah, that's that's painful right there. So, let's let's start out on this. I'm not going to do like a whole full-on review, but there are a few key things that I wanted to hit on. First and most notably, do you know what the main character's fucking name is? No. 
This is not a joke. The main character's name is Harry Hole. <laughs> Wait, isn't this based on a book, this movie? Yes, it is based God on- God damn it, who named the character <laughs> Harry Hole? We were laughing the entire goddamn movie. This was based on a Norwegian book. Not just a oh, Norwegian that, that book. Figures. Not just a Norwegian book, but the seventh book in a series. Right? Yeah, there that... have been no other movies. They just decided to pluck the seventh one out and make that. And yeah, okay. Norway, different language. Harry Hole isn't going to be nearly as funny there as it is here, right? Yeah, but, but it's an American movie. It's an American movie. How do you not change that fucking name? Like, yeah, our main character that we want presumably to be a franchise, his name is going to be Harry Hole. <laughs> like, his name is gonna be Harry Hole. <laughs> well, you just brightened my day I with mean, that. So yeah, that's our main character's name. Now, the director made some statements after mm. the movie came out. The director knows the movie is trash, and he has absolutely no problem talking about it. Nice. And what he said is that uh, the production was incredibly rushed, and that they had way too short a time to be filming in Norway. They filmed in Norway, mm. by the way. They had way too short a time to film there. And so there was like 15, he said he estimated 15% of the script that was left unfilmed. And That is a large number. Uh, yes, it is. And he says, like even the director of the movie says, oh yeah, the plot is unfollowable. Like even the director of the movie said, don't worry if you can't follow the plot. <laughs> like, you just can't because we didn't shoot 15% of the script. Yeah. Not only that, but there was an entire score made for the movie that wasn't used. They scored the movie, trashed it, and rescored it again. So the whole production on this movie was a clusterfuck. Right. It's fucking fascinating. Um, and, and so here's to give you just an example of how little respect somebody had for the the source material. I I don't yeah. th it doesn't sound like it was a director. So it sounds like it was a producer in a suit somewhere, right? All right. They took out all Norwegian language. So really? Nobody speaks Norwegian. Um even though they're supposedly in Norway, yeah. Everything's written in English, including like um police on the side of a police car is written in English. Um you know, you, you see like in like destinations in a train, it's all English, newspapers, all written in English. Nobody even has a Norwegian accent. Yet they shot in Norway. Yes. Yeah. What figure the fuck. Figure that shit out. Now, all the characters have an accent, but they're very, very light accents, and they're not Norwegian. They're just fucking random accents. Well, I'm sure Michael Fassbender's whatever Accent oh, he he, he he just has a British accent. Yeah, so he yeah. has his regular accent uh, then. But J.K. Simmons put on an accent, which was hilarious, by the way. It was awful <laughs> and not Norwegian. If I had just watched the movie, mm -hmm. I would not know that it takes place in Norway. I had to look up stuff about the movie to figure out that it's supposed to take place in Norway. It's a Norwegian book filmed in Norway that takes place in Norway, and they took all of Norway out of it. The only thing left is that they have European wall sockets. That's about <laughs> it. Val Kilmer was in this movie mm. for some reason. That's fascinating. For some reason. His character has nothing to do with the main plot. 
Yeah. He just sort of shows up on screen, does random stuff. He's a drunk. And he mm. just, he's just drunk. That's all he does. And then the movie just leaves him behind halfway through. And huh. apparently Val Kilmer was battling cancer at the time. And so whatever medication he was on or, or whatever made his tongue swell. Huh. So all of his lines are dubbed. That wouldn't be so bad. Like, you know, make accommodations for your actors. Fine. Yeah. But the dubbing is some of the worst I have ever mm. seen. Ever. Ever. In my life. Like, it is fucking awful. It looks like you're watching a Japanese film that's just been dubbed in English. I was it about is, to say. It is awful. Like, completely out of time. You know, yeah. it's it's like they just told Val Kilmer to record it on his phone at home without watching the, the footage and just say the line and they'll just put it over. Hmm. That's what it looks like because it's completely out of time. There's not even an attempt to, to sync it to his mouth at all. So yeah, fascinating. Uh, Val Kilmer is in the movie for some reason. He just disappears, having not done anything halfway so through. They J- Johnny Depp and Tusked him. Yeah, <laughs> at least Johnny Depp and Tusk did something. That's true. J.K. Simmons was in it for some reason. I have no idea what his character was or why he was there. Mm. Uh, and Toby Jones only shows up for one scene. Hmm. So like all of these good actors are just there. For some reason. I have no idea. It is a fascinating clusterfuck. Like, I would never have imagined that this movie would be this bad. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was... It was... Oh, and the worst thing, it was so boring. It Mm. was so boring. I would not have finished it, except that I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. All right? Like, I would have turned it off half an hour in. The movie yeah. is really desperately boring. That's so fascinating. If you were planning on watching that movie, don't uh, like even if you yeah. can watch it for free, it's not worth it. It's not even like funny bad. It's yeah. just boring. It is mind numbing. Yeah. I mean, I'm still slightly fascinated in it just for this. Like but I'm, if I'm telling gonna, you, everybody is gonna say yeah, that. But, but if I watch it, it'll be in like five, ten years. It is it's like I can't I Francisco said that yeah. he was actively bored by it hmm. as in he would have been more entertained had he not been watching something right like trying to pay attention to the movie makes you even more bored than not doing anything <laughs> okay that's very fascinating it is yeah it was a clusterfuck of a production and it shows and the movie is just boring the only reason to watch it maybe is if you're like a film student yeah. and you can take something away from how not to make a film. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, how a studio can fuck you. Yeah. That's they a better did, lesson. They did some f- other like really fucking weird shit too. Like, yeah. like I said, this movie is the seventh in a series of books. Why make that I one did instead of start it. with the first one? Yeah. And and two, there's a character in this one that they killed off that's still in Three more of the books. Hmm. So, like, somebody somewhere just saw an opportunity. Basically, you know what it felt like? Mm. It felt like David Fincher should have directed this movie because it was essentially a mashup between Seven and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, the whole thing just... Except not good. <laughs> yeah, except it was shit. I mean, there were, there were some shots in it that were straight up, I, I would almost classify as rip-offs from fincher movies hmm so yeah 
Terrible, terrible movie. Don't watch it, please. <laughs> Don't give them money. All right. So that's all I've been watching. Are we ready to get into topics? Sure. Okay. So I lied. Uh, I did watch one other thing. Oh, okay. Uh, I watched it. Oh, okay. All right. Now, this is- We've talked about this, it We've before. talked about this, but this leads into my topic. So I watched it uh, with my dad, who had not seen it. Um, mm-hmm. He's a, yeah. he's both a horror fan and a Stephen King fan. Um, so tossed it in. He really liked it. I have my complaints about it. Yeah. But- Which we talked about. Which we talked about. But- what I want to talk about is, so, it just came out on DVD, and we talked about 1922 and Gerald's Game, which are out on Netflix. Yes. I want to talk about this fucking bizarre idea of a Stephen King cinematic universe that right. they seem to be pushing. Yeah, because Dark Tower was supposed to be, yes. like, the connective tissue for that. Dark Tower came out, which was complete trash, by the way. I mean, yes. really bad. And... The the Dark Tower books sort of tie all of Stephen King's stories and universes and shit together into one. Yeah. And so that was the idea with the Dark Tower movie was to make basically a Stephen King cinematic universe and have them all tied together with the Dark Tower series of movies. So we're going to start seeing a fuck ton of Stephen King movies. Yes. Pet Cemetery is coming out this year, I think. Yeah. Next year. Um, and we're, we're going to see these movies because it did so well. Not because Dark Tower did well. Dark Tower was trash. Nobody liked it, but it did really insanely well. It's one of the top grossing horror movies of all time, if not the top grossing. So yeah, here are some of the movies that we can look forward to, I say sarcastically, mm. uh, in in the coming couple of years. Pet Cemetery, Yep. Firestarter. Hmm. Both of these are remakes, of course. Yep. Um, the Stand, which is also a remake of a miniseries. Creep Show 4. Okay. Yeah, it's about time we had a fourth Creep Show, right? I didn't even know there was a third one. <laughs> Neither did I. So, yeah, Creep Show 4. Uh, sure. Okay. Now, one of the things that I had been saying is modern Hollywood gives absolutely zero fucks about stepping on toes, right? Yeah. So it's only going to be a matter of time before they cross a line. And they are already scraping that line as hard as they fucking can. Okay? Are you ready for these next couple? Yes. Hearts in Atlantis. Okay. They're making, uh, which is... They've already made a movie about it. It had Anthony Hopkins in it. And when I saw that movie, the first thing I thought was, this should have been directed by... Frank Darabont, because it is very, like, sort of Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption sort of a movie. It's a drama. It's a slow drama about a guy who can basically read minds. He has The Shining, okay? Well, Um, yeah, I mean, that was the whole Stephen King thing. Yeah. Because everybody who had supernatural powers had The Shine. So they're taking this movie that has potential in the right hands. Yes. And do you know who they're giving it to? Who? They're giving it to, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, yeah. uh, Joannes Roberts. He directed 47 huh. Meters Down. Oh. Yeah, let's give that mm. guy a drama. Yeah, That'll of course. Well. That, makes, that makes complete sense. Uh, yeah, like I said, 
It fucking should be directed by Frank Darabont. The guy, like the guy who brought us The Green Mile, God. Shawshank Redemption, yep. and The Mist. Give it to him, yep. and he'll give us a good movie. God, that sounds like if you took Steven Soderbergh and said, here, make a small little drama. Yeah. <laughs> that is sort of... I wouldn't call that really crossing the line, Yeah, right? It's just sort of annoying, because it's like, here's what could potentially be like a really good sort of Oscar-worthy drama that you're just going to turn into shit. Yeah. Here's where uh, the line crossing becomes questionable. Is it the Langoliers? Please tell me. No. It Damn it. Um, although I I couldn't find that they're making the Langoliers. Yeah. So I don't know. I that just would be wanted them to make Langoliers again. <laughs> no. Here's what they're making. You ready what? for this? Yes. They're making the Overlook Hotel, which is a prequel to The Shining. Why? And. They are making Dr. Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining. Why? Here's my question, right? All right. Stephen King legendarily hates Stanley Kubrick's Shining. Yes. Which is why he went off and he did his own miniseries version of it, which sucks. Supposedly, in recent years, he's been more okay with The Shining. I think I've heard that, too. Um, he still doesn't like it, but he's okay with it existing. And and I feel like that is something that people should know when they watch The Shining, is it is not Stephen King's The Shining. It is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Yes. Stanley Kubrick does or or did what he always did. And made what, Stanley Kubrick movies. Yes, he. but all of his movies were based on books. But he took that source material and basically twisted it into his own Kubrickian sort of a story. Yes. And that's what he did with The Shining also. Yes. So here's my question. And he actually knows how to write an ending. Questionable. For that. Questionable. <laughs> I mean, more than Stephen King, at least. Um, but, but here's my question, right? Yes. Okay. You can't remake The Shining, right? Like, you, no. will, you will fucking that, piss people off, right? That, right, yes, that would be just abominable. They right? remade that, like, every... Everybody think, would be pissed. Yeah, I don't think there would be one person who would be like, "Oh, yay, a shiny remake. remake!" Yeah, it would be like, "Why the fuck are you touching Stanley Kubrick's movie?" So here's my question, right? Yeah, we have the Overlook Hotel and Doctor Sleep. Are these movies going to be a sequel and a prequel to the Stanley Kubrick movie or to Stephen King's book? If anything, if it's like how Hollywood likes to do shit like this. They'll probably just ignore The Shining actually happening. If they're not remaking The Shining, I don't think they'll try and fit it in. They might. Because, well, but, see, yeah, because this is what's really confusing. You can't make Doctor Sleep yeah. without context of The Shining. Yeah. Right? And <laughs> They can try, though. Yeah. I've seen but plenty of those movies. Here, here's my ultimate fear, right? Yeah. You make The Overlook Hotel, you make Doctor Sleep, get yeah. people interested. And then you remake The Shining. You you yeah. you build a new audience that's not going to be pissed, and then you just remake The Shining anyway. Ultimately, if they're going where the dollar is, which they're pretty much doing with all of these movies that they're making with all yeah. the remakes, they're just going to remake The Shining. And and this is where like the slippery slope comes in. Like, okay, they remake The Shining, which is one of the untouchables of the horror genre. Yeah. Do they then go and remake Shawshank Redemption and or Green, Green Mile. Mile? Yeah. And and more than that, do they remake Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile in the spirit, if you will, of this new Stephen King cinematic universe? Do they try uh-huh. to like 
fucking Dark Tower, the Green Mile, and Shawshank into the universe. I don't know. Uh, just I I don't like where where this is going, and not not just with the Stephen King shit. Yeah. I'm tired of cinematic universes. Fucking stop it. Yes. All right. It was fun when Godzilla did it. It's and it was fun in the 30s when the Universal monsters. Yes, did it. Yes, in the 30s when it was sort of quirky and and because these guys liked each other's work and they wanted to sort of play off of each other. Yep. That and had integrity. Yes. That is not what's happening now. What's happening no. now is a fucking cash grab. Yes. Everybody in Hollywood sees how well Marvel is doing with its cinematic universe, and they all want a piece of the pie. They all want yep. their own beyond franchise, right? Because what you have to remember is like a cinematic universe is not just a franchise. It's a conglomeration of multiple franchises, and yes. they all want a piece of it. So everybody's trying to scramble and get their own together, which is why the, the new cinematic or the, the, the new um, Universal, Universal Monsters. Monsters one. Oh my God, fell that the fuck fell apart. flat on his face. It they fell tried on his two face times. twice. Yes, there were two. There, there were two movies that were supposed to be the first movie in the series. First one was Dracula Untold. Yeah, and then there was Tom Cruise's The Mummy, which <laughs> I didn't see Dracula Untold. But uh, you and okay, I. So Dracula Untold, it's not a good movie, but it's not a piece of shit. Okay. It's an okay movie. Speaking of pieces of shit, yes. you, me, and Francisco yep. all saw The Mummy in a dollar theater. Yes. To be clear, we didn't pay full price for this. <laughs> we um, knew it was going to be shit, and so... Yeah, but we could not imagine how much shit it was going to be. I it, think halfway through the movie, I just... I eventually just stopped... Caring, all of us about did. Everything we all eventually just zoned out. Yep, I zoned the fuck out. The movie was that. so goddamn boring, and it's two hours long, and it felt like fucking three hours. <laughs> it felt like a bad three hours. Yeah, it felt like fucking five movies in one as well. Yeah, so th- that cinematic universe has fallen flat on its face twice yep. now, and they're still making, trying to make more. Yep. Uh, Legendary's Godzilla is falling flat on its face. Oh, yeah. Kong Skull the, Island did. Yeah. Um, Kong Skull Island was shit. I know you liked it, but... I, I enjoyed it. I'm. It's one of those movies I'll throw on maybe once every 10 years, but <laughs> other than that... I, I will say Kong Skull Island was probably more entertaining than the fucking Godzilla movie. Yeah. Like, people complain all the fuck you want about Godzilla 98... I will watch that movie 40 times before I'll watch Godzilla 2014. Yep, 2014. Yeah, before I'll watch Godzilla 2014 again. Godzilla 2014 is garbage. Yes. And that's supposed to be a cinematic universe where they made the Godzilla movie, then they made Kong Skull Island, and now they're going to make fucking- It's Godzilla vs. King Kong. Godzilla vs. King Kong. And if I remember right, that's supposed to come out this year. You know, you've got that one going on, then you've got the DC one, which is floundering at best. Yes, they've canceled a lot of the movies that were yeah. in the universe. Yeah. So, God, uh, are there any others? I feel like we're oh uh, the Star Wars. Yeah, the Star Wars, and there's a new the unannounced Hasbro cinematic. Universe. Oh my God, I remember hearing about that. <laughs> yeah, I told you about that. Oh my God, and then you could even throw in the fucking Lego cinematic universe. Yes. Oh my, they are making that a cinematic universe. Yes, aren't they? they are. Oh God, I mean sitting through the. Lego movie was bad enough. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with those Danes rights to the Legos, but... 
Ugh. Yeah, so all of this cinematic universe shit needs to fucking stop. Like, I swear to God, like, never, like, never-ending sequels were bad enough. Now mm-hmm. it's beyond never-ending sequels, where it's, it's, it's never-ending semi-sequels that all sort of have interconnecting parts, so you can't yep. just watch one. You have to watch fucking all of them. Yep. And just, oh, my God. Oh, and, of course, you have to pump multiple out every fucking year because it, you're not just trying to get one in your cinematic universe out yeah. a year. You're trying to get multiple in your cinematic universe out yeah, every two year. Two or three. Which is why, you know, because if you're Marvel, you have your your different characters, right? So you have the... the character films. Yeah, you have the um, Captain America. Captain America, uh, Thor... Thor. Uh, Iron Man. Yeah, so so you have like um yeah. Captain America one through three. You got to have like one of those a year. Uh, you got to have a Thor movie every year, and you got to have an Iron Man movie every year. Yeah. But not Hulk because he's owned by <laughs> Legendary Picture or not Legendary uh, Universal Pictures. Uh, but you get my point. So yeah. so you're not just getting one sequel a year. You're getting fucking three sequels a year plus and the team ups. Plus the team ups, right? And you can't just watch like Captain America one, two, and three. Yeah, right. Because they it doesn't function in a series that way. Yeah, you have to fucking watch all of this other shit. Yeah, and that was something I found. I read an article that was sort of fascinating. Was that the only movies you can watch standalone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are Iron Man one and the Incredible Hulk and Ant Man. Well, well, Ant Man. Ant Man still has Ant Man for everything except for about fifteen minutes. Yeah, I <sighs> mean, if you cut those fifteen minutes out, it could stand on its own. But Hulk and the Incredible Hulk movie from two thousand eight with Edward Norton, yeah, and the first Iron Man movie, the only ones that really stand alone, mostly because Marvel really didn't have their shit together because they were busy trying to buy all their yeah. rights up again, and di- they wanted to go somewhere but didn't know what they were doing. And so they're sort of standalone movies. You can see Iron Man, you don't have to see Incredible Hulk, and you can see Incredible Hulk, and you don't have to see Iron Man. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just, I fucking hate this cinematic universe shit. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I'm, like, I'm beyond tired of it, mostly because it's mostly comprised of superheroes, which I'm also <sighs> fucking entirely done with. Bastard subgenre. I mean, we could do, and we probably should at some point do an entire episode just talking about superheroes. Yes. Um... Because that's that's a whole massive subject that I have a fuckload to say about. That's probably going to be a notebooks worthy yeah. amount of notes. But long story short, I'm tired of superhero movies. I don't give a fuck how big the fucking alien that they fight is. Yep. I don't the big care. blue laser, the big blue laser in the sky. I'm fucking done. Can we please move the fuck on and start making some good original content? Yes. Anyway, so that's that's my rant about cinematic universes and superheroes. <laughs> God, I'm fucking probably done. not the last. No, it it won't be. Like I, I mean, again, going back to our first two episodes, I 100% blame Disney for this. Oh yeah, because uh, everybody saw what Disney did with not only Marvel but with Star Wars, Wars. Yep. and everyone's like, oh fuck, we have to do that too, because Disney is essentially the Apple of the movie world, where it's like. Whatever Apple does, the rest of the tech industry follows. Whatever Disney does, no. the rest of the film industry just follows. And it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Like, do your own goddamn thing. Have a brain. Stop being money-grubbing, disgusting slugs that just fucking want to chase a trend. You know? Yeah. 
Be creative. That's what film is supposed to be. It's a goddamn art form. Except now they've turned it into a product. I mean, it has to be a business, too. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I understand that. A soulless that. product. Yes, I, I understand that it has to be a business. You know, I'm not that naive or stupid. I yes. get it. But that doesn't mean it has to be, like you said, soulless. It doesn't have to be soulless, you know? It doesn't have to have shitty half-assed writing. Here's a heads up. Writing is free, assholes. Yep. Like, you don't have to pay more for good writing than you do for bad. You just write, you know? <laughs> like, just, uh, whatever. So, film industry pisses me off. Now that we're speaking about soulless, should we move on to a Tomb Raider? The new Tomb Raider. Ah, movie. yes. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So, there's a new Tomb Raider movie out. This is the first one since 2003, I think. Uh, yeah, I think 03 was the second one. Yes, yeah. that was when the second one was. I watched the trailers for that. And have you seen the trailers? Yeah. What did you think? Uh, I've only. Are there multiple trailers? There's like two trailers. Okay, I I only saw one of them. They're both pretty much the same thing. They okay. have the same footage. I will say it didn't look like your typical run-of-the-mill video game movie. No. It looked like it might be a little bit better than that. But, I don't know. The The actress they have playing Laura Croft, I don't buy. No. I even wrote down here, because when I was watching it, like just the lines in the trailer just made her come off like an annoying cunt. To be fair, she kind of does in the uh, 20, what was it? 13. 2013 game. Yep. She kind of, I don't know, a lot of people didn't like her in that game. I yeah. didn't have a huge issue with her. I, I kind of liked the redesign of her in the game. Yeah. And how she was more slimmed down. She had more of like... um Less of the tri uh, triangle boobs. Yeah, she she didn't have like massive boobs. boobs where yeah, you're the like traffic cone boobs. Yeah, where you're like, how the fuck does she go spelunking with those things? <laughs> you know, she she had more of uh, an athlete's sort of a body. Yeah, right. Very very slim, but kind of muscular. You know, I, I like that. But the actress they have playing her in the movie looks like a goddamn ballerina. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, does not look like somebody who would be globe trotting or hacking her way through the jungle. You know, yeah. like she she looks fragile. It does. It looks a bit better than, you know, generic video game movie. But I still thought it looked like, you know, just run of the mill action film CG vomit fest. It does. It does. Like, I mean, yeah. my God, the the oversaturation. Yeah. The trailer was pretty highly saturated. Yeah. yeah. And there was some bad green screening in it, too. Yes, there was. I think overall the trailer sort of reminded me of The Mummy with Tom Cruise. I wouldn't say it was that bad. That's what it felt like to me when I watched it. It was just like, I was like, oh my god, this just seems like I'm running into The Mummy all over again. I mean, again. It, it seems cynical in as fuck. Yeah. Like, yes, it does. Because, you know, nobody in Hollywood has an original fucking idea anymore, so they just pull shit together from the the other art forms yes. that still have original ideas and just try to make money off of them. You know? Yes. Yeah, no, the movie doesn't look like, yeah, whoever made these movies really cares, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it looks like, well, those games were popular. Yep. Let's just do that. Assassin's Creed made money even though everybody hated it, so let's just make another one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think when I said generic action movie, also I think I meant in sense of, 
Uh, you saw the trailer for the new Jumanji, the Jumanji <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle. I still have not seen the movie. It's out now. Nobody not gives a movie. shit. Nobody gives a shit. It looked like that. It looked like uh, Rampage World Tour. Yeah, well, I think it, they just shortened it to Rampage for the movie. It looked like but it looks like generic rock action film. Like it looks like it should be starring The Rock. Well, it looks like generic adventure film, adventure like action film. adventure yeah, film, action adventure. Like twenty years ago, we might have called it a uh, uh, an Indiana Jones wannabe. Yeah, right? or even that Brendan Fraser mummy wannabe. Sure. Um, this. Yeah, the trailer didn't really offend me. It just looked generic, like something that I don't need to see. I I watched the trailer and I was like, all right, whatever. What the yeah. f- like who who gives a shit? I was fascinated that apparently Walton Goggins played the villain. Now Walton Goggins was the sheriff in <sighs> Hateful Eight. Yeah, that seems to be why everybody's interested in it. They just saw him and they were like, "Ooh, I like that guy." So movie yeah. must be good. It also, for whatever reason, had Nick Frost in it mm-hmm. with a full yeah. beard. Yeah, I noticed like, that, I, too. <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, what? Yeah. Like, there's no reason <laughs> that he should be in there. I don't know. Maybe he was a fan of the game. He, possibly. Apparently, the actress that they have playing Laura was, like, a really big fan of the game. Mm. Like, she grew up with it, playing it all the time, at least according to the trivia. Of this uh, new one or yes, the originals? So the, she grew up with the originals and because this those. one is blatantly not based on the originals. No, no, no. This is one hundred percent the twenty thirteen yes. game franchise. I think they've even ripped off. If I when I was watching, I think they've ripped off a few scenes from the from the twenty thirteen game as well. <laughs> like, what do you mean exactly. ripped off? It's literally the game. It's a fucking remake of the game. Is it? Yes. Uh, I don't it's know. it's her fucking origin story. I never, That's what the game is. I never really, I never beat the first game. I've only neither did I. I only played the first ten minutes of it and then watched like I, random thirty minutes. So I have no idea if it's the I, same. Or I not. got um a few hours into it, but kind of got bored with it. Yeah, I was never big into the original games either. Yeah. Um. No. Um. It's just, but yeah, yeah like, do we need? A fucking origin story for Laura Croft. I mean, no, honestly, don't. no. She's just supposed to be a sexy woman who fucking goes cave diving and finds treasure and shit. She's and a, fights a T Rex. Yes, and fights a fucking <laughs> T Rex. She's she's just supposed to be yeah. a sexy female Indiana Jones. That's all she's supposed Pretty to much. be. We don't need an origin story for Indiana Jones. Why do we need an origin story for Laura Croft? Yeah, and. More of all, why even retell the 2013 game? The original, the the adaptation from 2001 or whatever yeah. for it didn't follow the game at all. So no, that's, it didn't because a, because if you try surprising. to if you try to follow the original series of games, there's really no connective tissue. They're yeah. they're just completely standalone, separate things, and that's how the movie functioned. Also, the movie was its own thing. Yeah. Other than that, Dominic West, who was one of the main characters in the show The Wire plays mm-hmm. Laura's father for some reason. I don't it's one of those things it's like why are you in this role <laughs> and of course you're in this role. Okay, so are uh, we are we ready to move on? Yeah, aside from that the director's a nobody who's directed five other features, all Norwegian films, all middle of the road ratings. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really surprise me because yeah. they're cheap. Yep. I mean, th- that's why when you look at a lot of these new, like, ultra big budget movies coming out, 
they get these super cheap directors because it doesn't matter. One, they can pay them less, and two, like I've stated multiple times before, when it comes to movies like this, they are not directed by the directors. They are directed by a boardroom of asshole producers yeah. that are just trying to chase an audience. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's being made by MGM, who I guess still have the rights, even after going through bankruptcy. Uh, yeah, I was about oh. to say, like, MGM still exists. Yeah, apparently. They're on the they're on the title card in the trailer. All right. There was one interesting thing. Uh, Junkie XL does the music for this. I don't know who that is. He did the Wonder Woman score. Okay. Okay. He also did the score. He did the, you know, the new Batman vs. Superman. He was there with Hans Zimmer. Okay. In Justice League, the 2017 Justice League, he was replaced with Danny Elfman. This was not a studio decision that they replaced him, I found out. Junkie XL left Justice League specifically to do the soundtrack for this Tomb Raider film. <laughs> sure. Yep. Sounds like a, a good bet to me. I I saw that and I was that just perplexed me. <laughs> <sighs> all right, we're ready to move on. Yes, we're ready to move on. That's all my note cards, by the way. Oh, okay. So this is our final topic then. So a uh, few episodes ago, all right, we talked about Kilroy was here. Oh boy, what more have you found out? Well, Kevin Smith dropped episode 389 of Smodcast all about it. Hmm. So you can go listen to that podcast and you can listen to him talk about it, but the, um, the, the brief rundown and the answer to some of the questions that we asked. Yeah, so one of the questions we asked is, it's an anthology, right? Now, what does that mean? Is it an, a collection of short films? Is he directing all of them? Yes, it's a collection of short films. Yes, he's directing all of them, as far as I can tell. Hmm. So, all right. apparently, how this project started is years ago, and I actually vaguely remember him talking about this, was he was writing an anthology of Krampus stories that they canned when the Krampus movie came out. Hmm. Because it's like, oh, somebody already did Krampus, so fuck <laughs> it. And so that project sort of morphed into this one. And what this project is, is Kevin Smith was approached by a film school. It's done as a collaboration with the Ringling College of Art and Design in Florida. Hmm. And they approached him. They wanted their students to have, you know, real world experience on a real set directed by a real experienced director. Hmm. I fucking wish my film school had done that. Right. That sounds pretty awesome. Um, Though knowing our your film school, the... Uh, yours too, well, briefly. It was mine as well, briefly. briefly. Knowing them, they would probably fuck it up somehow. <laughs> yeah, they really, really would. So yeah, it, it had been the Krampus movie and it morphed into this because they had already trashed the Krampus movie and Kevin Smith was approached... And so they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We can we can still do the you know a series of short films. We'll just make it about something else. Hmm. I still don't know what it's about. <laughs> 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 I I still don't know what this thing is about. Um, but the entirety of the crew are all film students, which hmm. is cool. Like I I, I, cool. I don't think they have like uh, a pro on there at all, except Kevin yeah, Smith yeah. and some of the actors. Which is which is pretty cool to me. So yeah, the as far as I could tell, there's no release date on it. 
And yes, it will be a series of short films. I, I don't know how right. short. I don't know what they're about. But I think the whole thing is pretty cool. And if you want to hear about it in, in greater detail, you can go listen to that Smodcast episode number 389. Although, if you're listening to us yeah. and you haven't listened to, to that, Kevin Smith. I think there's probably something wrong with you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's about all I have to say about that is just sort of answering a couple questions that we had, clearing up some confusion. So that's nice to know. I'm still disappointed that we pretty much know nothing about it aside from that. Yeah, we really don't. But it was, it was cool to listen to the podcast because he had, um, was like the head of the college and somebody else, one of the staff at the college, and then a couple of students, and they all sort of sat around talking about the, the whole production and everything. So if you're interested in that, definitely go listen to it. So are we ready to move on to our final recommendations and wrap this episode up? Uh, I think so. Okay. I'll, I'll let you go first because I'm still mulling over a couple you films You fucking in my head. lazy fuck. You didn't pick one. No, no, I didn't, so I'm picking one last minute. God damn it. All right, well... My recommendation, and pay attention, because this only works if it's a conversation. All right. All right. Uh, my recommendation, since I recommended something very R-rated last week. Um, I, I don't even remember what you recommended last Clockwork week. Clockwork Orange. Oh, okay. So, I decided to do a 180 and recommend something very not R-rated. All right. I am going to recommend Finding Neverland. Hmm. This All is right. a movie that I don't think gets enough attention uh, it came out, people sort of ignored it, and I don't think anybody's paid attention to it since. But it's actually a really good movie. Have you seen it? I have not. Okay, you <laughs> should totally go see it. Um, it's a great performance by Johnny Depp. For those who don't know, it is about James Matthew Barry, who is the writer of Peter Pan, the original play, not the, the Disney. Disney animated yeah. film. It's about him and a friendship that he had briefly with a mother who sadly died and his relationship with her children. And it's a, it's a really good sort of slow-moving character drama. It's, yeah. it's slow, but it's not boring. And it's a movie that I bring up a lot because it's rated PG, hmm. but it is not a kid's film, okay? It is a phenomenal example of a movie simply being what it needs to be instead of arbitrarily raising or lowering the rating to chase an audience, right? Mm -hmm. We see that all the time. R-rated concepts oh, yeah. lowered to PG-13 or PG concepts raised to PG-13. I mean, it's how modern films seem to work now. Yeah. I mean, it really is. When's the last time you saw a PG movie that wasn't just straight up a kid's film? I don't know. Probably, I think, Lawrence of Arabia. That's the last one I can <laughs> oh, remember. Oh, fucking come on. There have been some I don't remember then. others. I like, mean, Jaws was rated PG, but I'm... Right, it was. I was I'm not talking I about Jaws, 70s movies. Yeah, I think it was Jaws 2 that was rated R. Was uh, I, I don't remember. I'm not talking about know. 70s movies. I'm talking know. about That's modern what, cinema. Okay. <laughs> That's the last one I can remember seeing that was rated PG that wasn't a kids movie. Um well so, now you can watch another one from yeah. a more modern era fucking grandpa. Yeah. Um Finding hey, Neverland. I'm younger than you. Yeah, I know. Finding Neverland, go watch it. It's a really good drama. Don't let its PG rating scare you away like yeah. oh it's just a fucking kids film. It's not. It's a it's a good character drama. 
I don't know how accurate it is in terms of being a true story, um, but just if you just watch it as a movie, it's a really good movie. Yeah. And yeah, Johnny Depp's great in it. It's All one right. of it's one of my favorite performances of his because it's <laughs> not it's not one of his goofy sort of over the top characters. It's just a, a down to earth guy. I'll have to check it out. You should totally check it out. And oh, and yes, mm-hmm. by the way, it is available on Blu-ray. Not really any special edition collection type anything. Just grab it on Blu-ray. It should be cheap enough. Yes. All right. For mine, since we're talking, since you mentioned a Clockwork Orange, I decided. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Are you going Kubrick? Possibly. Mm-hmm. I decided mine would be Doctor Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Okay. To be clear, yes. Doctor Strange Love. Yes. Not Doctor Strange. Not Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange Love. Yes. Or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Yes, that is the complete title. That is the complete title. It is. It is a Stanley Kubrick film that is a comedy starring Peter Sellers in three mm. roles. Yeah, <laughs> I would argue the comedy bit. Um <laughs> I have very mixed feelings yes. about that movie. I but, really like it. But it is one that I do think people should see. Yes. However, I will not say that it is, is not one of my favorite movies. All right. And uh, that I, is your I, opinion. I actually found it very, quite slow and, and dull. Yeah. And I'm, not very funny. Like, it, it's it's touted as a comedy, but I didn't yeah. think it was very funny. But it is an interesting movie. It's a very different side of Stanley Kubrick. Like, if you go watch A Clockwork Orange, you watch... The Shining, and yeah. then you watch Doctor Strangelove. It, it it's very different. It's much more lighthearted. Yes, it is. That's something that I always found fascinating. Is the book it's adapted, adapted in air quotes. <laughs> yeah, from, because it's Kubrick, of yes. course. We just talked about that. That it's adapted from. He fucking hated that book. He thought it was a <laughs> dumb book, and so he decided he was going to make fun of the book. And he had wrote and he had written a straight comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, slapstick humor style comedy. And then decided to scale it way the fuck back. Okay, sure. I, I did find Peter Sellers pretty funny at parts. I find Peter Sellers really funny as Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. His other characters, not so much. I enjoyed the British soldier, and uh, I don't remember the third character. I, I don't remember the third character either. Oh, and it also, on the plane, uh, features a very, very, very young James Earl Jones. Yes. Um, yeah, Peter Sellers was funny in it, uh, as Dr. Strangelove. I mean, no. I, I still quote the, 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 the bit that he does at the yeah. end, which I won't spoil. Um, but yeah, I, f- I found that yeah. funny, but the rest of it was just sort of slow to me. Mm. I found it, then I found it a lot more entertaining and funny than you did. It's still, it's still fascinating. You know, you watch the movie and then you learn about the production of the movie and the production just very... It was very weird and kind of entertaining, which is how vindictive Kubrick was to making fun of this book. Well, Kubrick was just sort of a vindictive person. I mean, if you if you watch the special features on The Shining and see the way he treated Shelley Duvall, yeah. holy God. Yes. Yeah, no, Kubrick uh, was not like the nicest of people. Yeah, no. though he did not abuse Peter Sellers from what I know. In fact, Because he liked Peter Sellers. Yes. In fact, Peter Sellers abused everybody else on set. Yeah. Um, so that was very fascinating to learn about. Uh, there's not really much to say about the movie story-wise without, you know, ruining the movie mm-hmm. and the ending and all that. I, I will say, like, this movie was made 50s? 
Uh, 60s, I think. If it was 60s, it was very early 60s. It's it's black and white, but don't let the movie's age deter you because it's a very political film, so a lot of people might just be like, eh, and brush it off and be like, oh, it's outdated politics. It's actually more relevant now, arguably, than it was when it was made. It's fucking terrifying. Actually thinking about it and thinking about the, you know, current everything. Yeah. That is pretty fascinating at how... Kubrick managed to somehow nail today's political <laughs> environment. It's disturbing. It really is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. if you yes. if you if you want that movie, it's on uh, Criterion. Okay. <laughs> yes. There are, there are a couple different collections. Yep. Now, um, I got it in the digibook form, which I should say is a nice digibook. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, but as soon as I got it in the mail, you saw me holding it, like, yeah. right when I got it. And you're yeah. like, oh, you know Criterion's releasing that, right? And I was yeah. like, fuck! Yeah, like, it's coming out in a month. Why do you have that version? <laughs> so, yeah, I do not have the Criterion version, but I do have the lovely Digibook version. And it's Hopefully nice I'll be I'll be upgrading at some point. But, yeah, yes. the Criterion version looks nice. It's, it's one of their weird ones that's in, like, the cardboard box. Yep. Which I don't actually have any of those. I plan no. on getting a, there are a couple that I want, but yeah, yeah. Um, so it is on Criterion. If you're if you're it's gonna, it's if got a lot of bonus materials with it. Yeah, as well. so if you're gonna get it and you really care uh, uh, about collecting movies, then grab the Criterion. If yes. you want a bit of a cheaper version, uh, then you can get the Digibook, and then of course there's just like uh, standard Blu-rays that are floating around out there. As yeah, well. and as with pretty much, I think all Criterions that I've seen at this point. The transfer is fucking amazing. Well, of course. So. It's Criterion. Even the standard Blu-ray Although transfer I still, is pretty good. I still question why the fuck Criterion transfers half of their shit in 2K instead of 4K. I don't understand, but whatever. The world may never know. It's so, a yeah. topic for another another thing. <laughs> it's a topic we've already discussed, actually. It's true. It is true. So, yeah. This has been episode five of the official Watts Podcast. Fuck yeah. you guys again. <laughs> is that going to be our, our standard outro is just telling our audiences to fuck themselves? I think it's Or suck this, a dick or something along those lines. At this point, I'm sure that's the outro is just you telling everybody to go fuck themselves. <laughs> we really need to think of a better outro, but for now, yes, but go fuck yourself, go suck a dick. Good evening, good night, good morning, <laughs> good afternoon, whatever time zone it may be for you when you're watching this. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yes. Yes, it is. Good night.